Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. Austin Nasso here. This is episode 35. Uh, first, I want to just say sorry. Things have been a bit slow recently. I'm back home over the holidays, and it's just harder for me to get some podcasts out. So I'm probably going to do uh, once every two weeks for the time being. So I'm releasing today, and then ideally another one in two weeks. So sorry about that. But um, let's chat about this interview. This one's really fun. I talked to Michael Longfellow, who sometimes helps me uh, with our show Boy Band every Thursday at the Improv Space. Check that out. It's every Thursday at 10 o'clock. Michael's 24. He's already been on Conan, placed second in the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival in Atlanta. He helps run Arizona's Big Pine Festival, was a TBS comic to watch, and can be seen on Hidden America with Jonah Ray. In this interview, we talk about how he got into comedy. We chat about how we both almost joined frats, which is unrelated to comedy. Uh, We talk about the college comedy at ASU and how he tangentially was in the scene. uh, Circumventing gatekeepers in comedy and finding the path of least resistance to making it. Having a girlfriend and doing comedy, which some people stigmatize. Starting over in L.A. after moving to Arizona, running a comedy festival, uh, what the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival was like, and uh, lastly, his Conan stand-up set. So this is really fun and informative, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. Uh, Austin Nasso here, and I have a special guest, uh, Michael Longfellow. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me on the podcast. You're really impressive. Thanks, Austin. I I um, was reading through the old uh, bio, and uh, obviously I know you because you were on Boy Band, but uh, you were from Arizona. You worked on the Big Pine Festival. Big Pine. Uh, Big Pine. And you uh, <laughs> moved to LA. You got second in Laughing Skull in Atlanta. Yeah. And then you were on Conan. Yeah. And you're 24. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And that's everything I've done. That's it. Yeah. But um, that's uh, very impressive stuff. Thanks, man. Because we're almost the same age, but you're way more successful. Ah, feels great. I know. It's, it hurts. If only you knew the truth. You're, you get a cool life. I mean, you do comedy. And I can't argue with you, yeah. Full time. I got a cool life. Uh, probably one of the coolest lives. One of the coolest lives. Yeah, definitely. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So wait, when did you uh, start doing the the stand-ups? I started doing the stand-ups when I was 18 and I was right out of high school. I started writing it in high school and I had a whole book and I was like... Wait, you wrote a book? Yeah, well, I wrote a a whole book of jokes in high school, like secretly. Really? Because I thought I was cool and like being a secret genius in my classroom. And all those jokes were... They never made the like do you have day. the this book was it like an actual book like a probably journal? lost it by now it's like book. you know a journal oh a journal it's a joke you're a comedian okay you know a, a joke book, book i never called it a book it's a journal it sounds like a published piece yeah that's true well mine mine are really good you know they could mm. be books they could be novels Dude, they wow. could also be the very thing that ends my career if i lose one and someone does that ever happen to you do you ever lose your joke books and uh, you're like, i did oh, lose, no. i did lose one and then i was pondering like my future but i don't have my name on it actually so i wasn't too worried nice it just seems seems like an insane man's rambling yeah i think everyone's probably does yeah 
But okay, so you started when you were 18, and then wait, did you go to college? I went to college. I went to Arizona State University. Oh, ASU. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, the party school. It was a party school. Um, but like, I I don't know. I uh, my freshman and sophomore year, I kind of went to college. I was doing stand up the whole time, and then I kind of did online school after that. Finished really? my degree. Yeah, junior wait, senior so year. You did. You stopped. I stopped uh, going to the campus because I was like, I'm a comedian. I'm going to need to travel. And then I did not travel for two years, but I did all my classes online. So you still just like lift a block away, but just didn't go to school. I moved back to my mom's. So I was like, I was like I'll just save money on rent and go to L.A. all the time and do stand up. And then wow. I never went to L.A. to do stand up, but I, I did save money on rent I guess that's crazy I feel like all these stories of people doing stand-up are so poetic like, oh yeah man it's super having to travel really far giving up on like experiences just, like college that they go to like LA every so often there was that even when I was in college there's the thing of like when everyone's done with classes and getting ready to have fun I would be like oh, I gotta go talk to strangers for five minutes really there was always that thing where I was like I wish I could have done more of that but then i also don't you know so you didn't um you never really kind of hung out on campus and stuff i did i did my sophomore year was my big year that i was like on campus lived in a place that was near campus had roommates that were you know college college aged. people did all that and then after that it all kind of stopped and even during the sophomore year i was mostly doing stand-up the whole time really yeah so why did it stop why did you decide you wanted to because I, I think i decided that i i think that's when i really decided that i didn't want to do anything but stand up and then i would just either do that and if i failed try to sell drugs across the border in one great run Whoa. see if i can just go to mexico that's beautiful but for now it's stand up you know it's going all right so i don't have to do that did yeah. you uh your school was super fratty right yeah, it's really fratty. Did you try to do that? I did, actually. Right? Uh, I, I was super against frats. After and you then didn't get there, <laughs> did you do it? I had roommates that were in a frat, and I filled out a bid application as like a, they were all doing it, so I did it almost as like a joke. Like theirs were like, you know what they are. They're like, uh, do you play any sports or what are your beliefs? You put like a sentence down. Well, we didn't have applications for UCLA. We uh we did at ASU. We you had the rush and that was it. We had a rush too. But you had to apply first. You had to well you just I guess you didn't have to if you went to the rush events, but you could apply, yeah, do this little questionnaire thing online and I did mine and it went like viral on the Wait, I, really? Like, yeah, Why, it was crazy it was amongst the campus. Was it Because it was funny, yeah. Was, I like trying to, to be funny, funny? Okay, and it was right. like five pages longer than anyone else's. It was like a whole big thing. And I got a bid from like a ton of fraternities. Because it was way really funny. too fratty for me. When I met them in person, they were like all excited and then they realized I was like quiet and weird. And they're like, oh no, we don't want this actually. But for a second, I was like a hot, hot pick Whoa. amongst the frats. And I did. My roommate was in Delta Sig. So I took a bid from them. And then as they were like giving me the campus tour, 
you know, guys like we've been a fraternity since Benjamin Franklin had pimples or something yeah, and like for doing sure. that whole thing. We had thing. Ben Franklin in our frat. Yeah. And he's like, brings me up to old Maine and we like do this weird presidential handshake photo. And immediately I was like, oh, this is not for me. I can't yeah. do this. And the next day I told him and they were cool. He was still nice. Yeah. I guess. But that's, yeah, that was like, my fraternity. Is the extension of my fraternity. Yeah, my I um, mine was the opposite. I, I think I tried to be funny and I wasn't, and I was a loser. Yeah, well, that I, was the thing was I was a loser that just got lucky with one thing, and everyone thought I was cool until they met me in. Well, person. at least you had the phase where people thought it was cool. I remember I was just doing it. Imp- I'm like, I can do impressions. <laughs> <laughs> like a rush event, they're like, "Yeah, so yeah, like welcome to the house, like." Can meet the brothers. You do the frat and, voice, and I'm like really well. Ooh, by the way, bye. And I'm like being SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> like he, I have two ice cubes in your drink instead of one. And they're like, huh? We don't. Yeah, it was such a bitch. We don't want it. I was so nervous. Yeah. Everywhere I was so nervous. It's so funny, dude. I, I love. I have a bit about frats. It's really. That's so fun. I I don't know. It's all the same. Yeah. But that's the bit. How they're yeah. all the same, but usually, like, yeah, for sure. Like, um. We have the sickest house. Like um, everyone in uh, the house is like super diverse. Like just yeah. all this stuff. It's, they they have a log line. Or I a like script. the frat guys. Like I grew up amongst the bros, you know. So I I get them. I know that not really? all of them are. Most of them are their their hearts in the right place. It's just that's just the way they are. You, you grew can't. up amongst them, like yeah, like back home. My stepbrother is like a huge broy kind of guy, and just all my friends were, you know. Yeah. My roommates were all frat stars too. Yeah. In college. I grew up amongst the frat stars. I feel like I was shadowed. I feel like I wasn't I didn't grow up amongst them. I feel like I grew up amongst just the strange inbreds and then was adopted by a family of bros. Yeah. Like after high school I was like abandoned in a basket and then these <laughs> homies were like, Yeah, check it out. It's nice. I would think that <laughs> yeah. Like, I think like, you could be molded into a good bro. I would see you and be like, that's someone we can take and really make something. Dude, out. it was like, I feel like it was like Tarzan. It's like, for one so small, and they like put on like a snapback on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like doing stuff. I was jealous of the sense of community that they had, because in college I had no sense of community. I was like the loneliest, most depressed freshman in the world. Yeah, that's how freshman year is. Yeah, I feel like. but my friends had, they were in frats, so they were like always going to parties and stuff, and they have to like let you down because so, you're like, oh, can I come to the party? And they have to like find a way to tell you your friend no. Yeah. You can't come. It sucks. And stuff. I remember freshman year I went to a party and it's really sad and sure by today's and all standards, sure, whatever, misogynistic, how um, women are uh, currency to get into parties. They yeah. are actual tokens to get into a frat party if you're a freshman i'm sorry it's very unfortunate still the case but, I, think. Um, I think it's still the case but three anyway. chicks per dude yeah it's like we need a 20 to 1 ratio like yeah. bring 20 chicks some booze and maybe you'll get in it's like you're making like an offering to this like sad so tribe of like homies yeah and like yeah and then it's usually like a, a fake offering, like a scam. Because I remember I came, I went to the front of some frat, like freshman year. I literally was surrounded by 20 girls. And um, the dude like put his arm out in front of me and the girls all went under his arm and I couldn't. Oh and my then God. Like, Leave. Did any of the girls have your back? Was no. anyone like, well, we, we came with I him? I think sometimes I got them to, like my friends be like, come on, let's go. Yeah. 
But other times they're like, bye. Yeah, I mean, it's tempting, dude. The party's popping. The other option is your lonely dorm room. Yeah, All you gotta do is ditch this fucking loser named Austin that took you to the party. It's so primitive. Just get him out. Um, anyway, the frat, frat life, frat life. This uh, is, I'm sorry if this has been the worst start to your podcast. No, I mean, I so think far. I, I think I brought this up. I, I actually asked you, I, um, I did get a bid to, uh, AE pie though. And I, uh, I had to turn them down, turn them down. So you never did it. No, I didn't do it. Nice. I look like I would, nice. but I didn't, I got That's into the way to do it. frats. But I, I wanted to brownie. know that I could do it and then say no. I wanted to like, I wanted them to, to want say you. yes to me, but then me. To not have to do it. Yeah. You want to be validated. Like I, just, a parking I wanted ticket. to be validated, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think I wanted that too. It's interesting though, because being being raised by homies, <laughs> I can yeah. speak their language. Dude, I feel like I'm bilingual now, like in homieisms, and I just sound broy and dumb. So people just assume that I'm like fratty. Yeah. I thought you were in a frat for sure. Yeah. You probably yeah. thought I just still was in a frat. Even <laughs> at I look like someone who just who is somehow still in a fraternity. Yeah. Even you after college. I definitely do. That's not a bad thing. That's cool. It is funny. My friend Jesse pointed out just, he's like, D-. <laughs> first of all, he just sounds dumb. We do an impression of him. But he's like, dude, you sound hella dumb, dude. <laughs> but then I'm like, wait. Uh, that's my favorite one is the the bros that bookend their sentences with the same word. They're like, bro, she's hot, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they always do that. I, one of my good friends, Mike, Mike Enders, lives in he does he's that? also a comedian, but... Yeah, yeah, he does that. Shit. <laughs> bro, she's hot, bro. Bro, she's hot, bro. Yeah, they have a yeah. My friend Jesse's his dude. Dude, come on, dude. Dude, come on. Yeah, dude. Um, okay. What's the? This is for comedy people. Do they? What do they like? Um, okay, so let's. What else do we talk about? Um, so uh, Arizona, it, it didn't have a comedy scene then. No, it did. They had oh. a great one. I, oh, sorry, Arizona, the school. Oh, Arizona State? Arizona State. They did, but they had a, you had to fucking audition for some 19-year-old that tells you if you're funny or not. What? Fuck that, dude. A 19-year-old gatekeeper? Yeah, the little, like, 20-year-old, 19-year-olds that are the leaders of the comedy world at ASU, the little improv shows they do on Fridays or something. So I just went to, I went to the real stuff. I went you out. had to audition for them? Yeah, you had to, but I didn't. I didn't want to. That's sad. Uh, but they love the power of turning people down. That's what I thought. Fresh talent. I hated them. I almost used that as motivation to go to like, I went to, I just went out to Phoenix and started doing actual open mics. Wow. This is a parallel universe because um, our school uh, had a big blossoming comedy scene, luckily. And we were able to take advantage of that. Yeah. And like not have to scout scavenge i just yeah i remember my friend auditioned and he didn't make it and i was like that's it's so weird to for someone to have that position already i don't know because if you're 19 how long could you even have been doing comedy none how you have no sense of what's funny and what's not no you're just it's yeah it was so gross to me yeah i would never answer to that kind of person i would probably just not do it but luckily, there was no comedy thing, so I started it and became that troll. Nice. I mean, that's that's a thing. I feel like you have to just become it. You do. Voluntarily. Because I'm like, I, I will never appeal to another 19-year-old troll. No, I couldn't. But I can become the I best troll so myself. I so much. If I just did, it would have been so much easier, probably, because I didn't do any comedy on campus. I would just go off campus. Wow, and then eventually, hard, I started opening up at the clubs, and I got to come back to campus and be like the guest comic on their show, which that felt 
pretty dope. Oh, because you just like... So I was like, I got on your show, but without any of you, without going through your little process. That's the best. I mean, it reminds me of like people that instead of getting on UCB, they're like, all right, well, I'm not going to try to go on through your system. I'm going to be established elsewhere and just do guest shows and I run think shows that's there. the play. I think that's, that's the play. cooler. I'm thinking about that with, I mean, even with clubs now, I think that's the way to go. A lot of people are like, oh, you should go there and be a doorman or something. But then they're just going to think that you're someone new. They're not going to take you seriously for a few years. I say establish yourself elsewhere and kind of, I don't know, be, be yeah, go when you're straight up just Find ready to impress. Find the path of like least resistance to become established. Yeah. If and that makes possible. sense. I feel like that too. I, I don't know why I just have some issue with like having to, um, be validated by someone else. I mean, obviously I at some point do. you need to be validated by an audience. Otherwise you're nothing. No, that's the but, irony of comedians. But is, having a gatekeeper, of like someone being like you're not in this festival you're not ready for this club and so like why yeah. just like who are you like why are you telling me anything mm-hmm. like I'd rather just go show that I can be funny on my own and then be like hey now you have no choice yeah eventually if you're they say it's like the old term the, the, the undeniable word I hate saying that because you have to like be undeniable timey show business term but absolutely yeah, it's undeniable. still true dude if you're funny someone will see and want to do something with you eventually. Yeah, man. So what was your strategy going into? So you went around town and did you do stand up every night? Yeah, I did stand up every wow, night, just wait, open mics. Wow. And then I had no strategy other than just do that until hopefully something happens. The one piece of strategy, I guess, was there's a most small scenes have like a local funniest comedian contest. Mm-hmm. And that was how the clubs would see you. So I entered that first year fucking did terrible and then the next year I entered and I did all right good enough for the clubs to start letting me open for people wow when they rolled through town and you didn't have to win did you win no and I've never won a comedy contest I'm either second or third or not in the top but it doesn't matter doesn't matter no because that's all you need yeah and plus it's unnecessary you just it's all exposure you know you just want to get in the finals or something like that just a fancy word like that Sounds good. And, and then, then you can be best of the fest or something. Yeah, exactly. You just need someone to see you. Because once it's first, second, third, fourth, who cares? It's like, what's the, you're splitting hairs. Exactly, yeah. We're all, we're, we all did well. We should all be happy. Yeah. You know? So that's pretty cool. I think um, so. Nice. Thanks, dude. I hate talking about myself. This is horrible. Why? I don't know. I just, I, I am so afraid of ever sounding like people that I listen to on interviews and I'm like this guy's fucking into himself no we are faking it until you're we asking make it. me the question I'm faking the role of a person who hosts podcasts Charlie and you're faking the role of a Rose. comedian no I'm kidding I think we both earned it oh hey lady hello there's someone Austin's out the window Austin's neighbor smoking, smoking a cigarette a outside cigarette. a bright red shirt looks oh. like a ladybug oh yes um, so you okay you were doing stand up every day um, where do I want to go with Every that? That's day, a lot. Dude. That's hard to do Grinding, in college. Hustling. Yeah, it's dope. It's cool. I can't knock it. And I was out there. Wow, so you were doing that for your whole college experience, all four years? Yeah, pretty much. Way more in my last two years than the first two. But No, the first year, my freshman year, I wasn't doing it every night. Mm-hmm. It was more like a show a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, same. I was yeah. like... And then sophomore Less year, people. I started hitting the mics. And then by junior year, I was all in. 
really just like obsessed and it's like you know the it's comedy or die you're so like crazy yeah. about it in the first few years it's like this is this is all there fucking is to life yeah this is all i ever need to do so i was totally doing that still am in a way i guess but now i value other things as well that's impressive to do at stand-up i feel like getting into that stand-up rhythm is so important yeah um, yeah you kind of do have to be that person for a little while yeah just take this you just choose stage time over happiness, I guess. Yeah. Or a sense of community. So you do it every friends. day? And you still do it? Do you do it every single day? Yeah. Wow. No well, days now off? Now it's what I do. Now I have to you do have it to. every day. Yeah. Now it's like a job. It's not like a job. It's I'm very lucky that it, I get to do it every day. That's awesome. And, um, okay, I know there's a tangent, but how do you balance having relationships and friends and girls? I have a girlfriend. I live with her. Uh, we have a great relationship. I don't know. Does she no, do I, comedy? No. That's she's great. She's a math teacher. She's amazing. Wait, um, and person. you still do stand-up every time and somehow like it's okay? Yeah, I think it's or just... every night, I mean. I think the big thing is having someone that understands what you are doing. You know, doesn't she doesn't feel left out at all or anything. But don't you have to have like date nights and stuff once in a while? Yeah, we still have date nights. And then you just do stand-up after? Yeah, either after or before. You just find times. Wow. It's possible. That's smart. I think there's that idea that relationships will be a distraction from, like, your career goals. You know? You're like, oh, I can't get a girlfriend right now because i got to hit these fucking mics, dude. But if you have a girl who knows that that's what you want to do, I think a good relationship t- it focuses you more. Because yeah. now you're not pursuing anyone you're not out there looking for a potential relationship you have one and you get to see the world through clearer a clearer lens i guess oh you get to meet everyone as a person not someone that you might potentially have sex with or something or you know there's the the hunt is off for that part of your life which i think is such a huge part of life that's interesting. That when you turn that off, you can just focus on what you want to focus on. I agree on. with that. I yeah. think that's cool. But in a bad relationship, I definitely think it's probably shitty and distracting and takes your emotional yeah, energy away. Sure. Yeah, for um, sure. And then, how do you, um, what's your schedule with your girlfriend like? My schedule? Your sketch. Like, how I don't often do you have like, a sketch. Are you I like, think that's the key. Oh, I guess because you live with her. Yeah. So it's easier. Yeah. My girlfriend lives in Torrance. That's impossible. I don't know how you guys are together. It's all. really hard. But yeah, I Because then we actually have to out. dedicate specific time. To like, dedicate hours just to get to her. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, okay, we have to, we'll spend like Saturday together and like Friday night. And, but like, I can't do comedy then because we don't live together. So I don't see her like every day. Yeah. So it's harder. But that is a hard thing, I guess. She just got By nature of not each other. living with each other. Okay. And do you ever, how long have you been dating? A year and almost a year and a half. Whoa. I've been dating longer than you. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We went fast. We moved in within a year because it just kind of worked out that way. Like I was living with an old lady and she was moving out. And so it it just made sense to move into a place. Your ex-girlfriend? Yeah. My ex-girlfriend, Carol, my 83 year old. Nah, she was my roommate. I lived with an 80. I talk about it on TV, guys. She's a real lady. By the way, I did hear this on your Conan, I think, Carol right? Wong. Yeah, when I first moved out here, I lived with an old lady for a long time. Was it good? 
It was great. Was she like a free a, a grandma to you? She was she was a, initially a stranger. I didn't know who she was, and then we blossomed into a, a good friendship. Really? Yeah, totally. She oh. came to the taping of Conan. She like talked to Sean Penn for ten minutes. Didn't know who he was. She's like, "Oh, you're an actor. You should keep doing that. This is a really good step for you." <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I was like, "Carol, get away from Sean. <laughs> get away from Mr. Penn. <laughs> Don't talk to him." <laughs> Um, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so, she's a good friend to this day. Shout out Carol Wong. Love you, Carol. Huh. So after uh, college, is you moved right to LA? What's your What's your timeline like? I was I graduated college, and I was kind of just sitting in Arizona, opening for people and waiting for someone to come save me. You know, like that thing yeah. you think someone's gonna come in, a big headliner, and be like, "You're a star." Yeah. Go to Hollywood. And that didn't exactly happen, but I did meet someone that I opened for, Arden Marine, who's an awesome comedian and actor. She's on a whole bunch of stuff. But I opened for her, and she said that she thought I was ready to move to New York or L.A., and then she put me on some shows in L.A. And then a week later, uh, I moved to L.A. Wow. Yeah. She a week kinda, later. Like, I met Arden, and then, like, Literally two weeks later, maybe two weeks later, I was in L.A. So, I mean, you basically did have someone say... Kind of, yeah. Hey, come move to L.A. Pretty much, yeah. So that exactly did happen. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so you were waiting for someone to come tell you to move, and they did, and then you moved. Yeah, I guess uh, saying it out loud, that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> I got so lucky. It worked out for me. But that's all you need. It's not even like, hey, you're going to be rich. You're going to be a star. It's like, hey, you should move. Yeah, she's just like, you're you're ready to move to the real places. And that was like it, like achievement unlocked. That was it, dude. I had a really lucky transition into L.A. I met my manager like the same week that I moved here. I, How? Uh, I did this show called The Meltdown. Oh, yeah. That used to be this Nerdist. really cool, yeah, popular show. It's over now, right? It's over now. They're both too famous. They're both uh, doing big things. But it was the best show. Again? Kumail Nanjiani and Jonah Ray. Oh, Jonah Ray is another guy who like helped me a ton. Put oh, me yeah, on the I meltdown. saw his name on your bio. Yeah. Yeah, put me, gave me a little spot in his show, his little CISO show. Oh, it's like a secret show or something? CISO's gone now, right? CISO's gone now, but he still, you can still, he had this, uh, it was like Anthony Bourdain's show, but he did a, a fake travel show called... Hidden America with Jonah Ray. It's really good. Really? Yeah, it's still out there somewhere. So you did the show at Meltdown, and then you just got a manager from that? Yeah, I met her there, and then I asked her if she could help me message bookers, because I knew she booked a show, and then she told me that she was a manager and wanted to work together, and that was, uh, that's unheard of to, for that to happen. So I was like fucking like, all right, LA's easy. This is boom, got it. And then everything slowed down for a long time. Yeah, that and makes I just sense. had to grind and get to know everyone and start over. But wow. So do you have an agent as well? No. What's why How dare you make me say agent that out or loud manager? on a podcast? why get an agent versus a manager or vice versa? What I've been told is that a manager comes first and they're in there for the long haul, you know? They they see you when you're young, they're like, We can we can build something out of this. An agent comes along when you're kind of built and ready to make a lot of money. Oh, or when you've agents already just closing started deals. Making, yeah, a, agents are the deal makers and managers are the like the ultimate homie and friend that yeah. get you in the door with everyone and guide you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, shout out to the manager. Love nice. you, dog. 
So um, when you came to L.A., um, did you just start over, just hit all the mics? Yeah. How I just, did you approach that? I just did what I did in Arizona. I just went to a bunch of open mics and tried to meet everyone. People put you on their shows. I uh, did comedy festivals. You just did them? Yeah, I just, just uh, submitted to them, applied to them. Got on them. Went to them. Those are great. I actually met more people from L.A. in Atlanta than I ever did in my like first six months in L.A. Really? Yeah, sometimes going to a comedy festival somewhere else is a great way to. Which festivals did you go to? Um, Laughing Skull was the big one. That was the big game changer. Big Sky Comedy Festival in These Montana. are the two that Amy Miller mentioned in our podcast last week. I think they're week. the two good ones in the country. Big Pine as well, Arizona's. Oh, yeah. Um, that I kind of help out with. Um, yeah, Laughing School and Big Sky are the two good festivals, though. And then JFL, but that's in a league of its own. Interesting. Laughing Skull. So I heard that Laughing Skull, like, prior, I don't know if they prioritize or, em, em, wow, I can't even talk, emphasize people that are, like, just, like, un, relatively unknown but good. Yeah. Is that a thing that's, that's real? They do. They get people who are... I think good at comedy, but newer, not newer, but like a few years in, just just ready to pop. And they put them in front of a bunch of people that can help them with their lives. Wow. So like all the people from, they have all the industry there. It's amazing what they do for comedy. That's crazy. Yeah. So is that, is Big Sky like that too? Yeah, Big Sky is like that, but a little smaller. So it's like, now it's people that are, have been doing it for a little longer some of them might already be touring road comics and stuff and they uh it's a smaller pool i think laughing school is like 70 people big sky is like 25 or there something. must be so many people that submit that's what i hear laughing yeah. skull and big sky i think so yeah i know the big sky is pretty tough to get in, in i was favorite sounds like no I got into Big Sky because of Laughing Skull. Those guys were there at that festival. Who knows if they hadn't seen me live, how difficult it would have been to get into that festival. Did you get into a Laughing Skull the first time you applied? I did. Wow. But that's, you know, that's not crazy. Laughing Skulls, you should apply to Laughing Skull. I think I did. I did two weeks ago. Wow. No, I did right after Amy Miller told me to. Yeah, I think you should. It's not It's not uh, crazy to get into that one. Really? Big Sky is a bit Even tougher. Even though it's like but... very helpful? Yeah. So it's just like great. Yeah, that's the it's cool like thing about it. It's like very valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's but a, 70, it sounds like that's hard. I mean, I, I I applied anyway. So, I mean, I'm fine with whatever happens. But that sounds like a small pool. It does sound small, but I don't think, I don't know. I think uh, Do they just I not let possible. in people that are like have credits and stuff? Yeah, I think you can outgrow it eventually i guess but i don't know why those people would be applying to the festival it's not uh, it's really not like for, for them. them it's not really for them the point is it's for like the point is for, it's for people that, that need it youth yeah they do a really good job with that that's cool i applied to so many festivals I hope you and get I'm, in thanks and i hope you do well i hope so i hope people see you and love you i that would be great yeah um i definitely have applied to a lot of festivals over the past two years and got a big pine two but that's fine because I'm gonna keep doing. That's the way comedy. it is too. I've gotten. I've not gotten into so many festivals. So many. Yeah. So many, and it's so disheartening. Like yes. Slow is sending me some BS Christmas 
Merry Christmas. Like, let, I don't, let me in your fest. What? Yeah. Why are you sending me a Christmas card? And it's just like so dumb because like these stupid fest, they're just like rubbing it in my face. Getting angry at the Christmas card. I know. It's like the Christmas card. Funny. It's like from our family to yours. It was like just like all the comics that got in from last year. Like, not me. <laughs> Whatever. Like, it's fine. But uh, it's so interesting because obviously they need to have submissions to make enough money because otherwise they literally can't run the festival. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, wow, big surprise. You took everyone with TV credits. Like, sick. Why am I applying? Yeah. I didn't even actually have a chance at all. You That's another You don't know me at all. Too. And I'm not on TV. Is it's like crazy hard to run a festival. Oh, you run it. You run one. I help. I'm close to the people that do. And I help them in You're any in way I can. So circle. I get to see them. They go through the hell of running it. And you, I just kind of get to like hover around it. Do you just like vet it. comics and stuff for them? Yeah, I kind of like uh, recommend some people that I like and help them wherever they need you're like casting a little bit wait so i can be if i want i don't i don't how much can you talk about this festival i'm really interested in because actually i was thinking about like starting a festival i mean i always like have that in the back of my mind i don't know why you would want to do that it's terrible it's horrible and all you get is comedians that you didn't let in because you couldn't that hate you Oh, and they're just they like not your friends personally, anymore. yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, people don't like you for some reason that you don't even know. You've never even met them, and they're like, "Oh, you didn't let me in." A Whoa, festival that's or so something. true. It's I, actually bad. Dude, my heart goes out to anyone who runs a festival. I think you're doing amazing work, and for nothing, you're stressed all week for nothing. Comedians are little bitches a lot of the time. Oh, you're only complain. providing opportunity. Yeah, they'll complain about the hotel. You know, they'll need another room. I remember Hillary had to pay out of pocket. She's the the head haunch at Big Pine. She has to pay out of pocket for a lot of it. Oh, so they don't make money. No, no, no. Oh, this is truly terrible thing. I think festivals are lucky if they break even. I never, never. You just made me realize I never want to do this, and I will never do it. Don't do it. And like, sorry, always be nice to people that do because they're like doing something cool. Wow. And I don't know why they do it. I don't know what they get out of it. There's so many elements that you just got me thinking of. Not making money. Like, if you don't even have financial incentive, like, it's, I don't understand. They're doing it for the love of the game. The love of comedy. They I guess want providing to help opportunity. young comedians. So it's great to provide opportunity, put these comedians in front of young people. You have people that, like, just don't understand to not take things personally when logistically you can't put in, like, yeah. 7,000 comedians in a show. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. And then I bet just the nature of comedians, because their attitudes are so fucking annoying. They like have to post everything Dude, on social sensitive. media. They're like clear emotionally, like not well most of the times. And then I don't know where I'm going with this, but they're just posting. They will post things I'm sure on social media about like this hotel is crap. I deserve better. And yeah. like, I could see that being so annoying. It's crazy. And then like, naming the people that run the festival like in like Ooh. facebook statuses yeah. and you're, like you're treating these people like they're moguls or something uh, i mean I don't, yeah it just sound i could see that happening i don't that sounds mean um no, I, I think that is what happens all the time. yeah but yeah especially if like because i'm ima- i'm just imagining um I'm, like a hypothetical if if a nobody in like comedy who's not like a revered comedian tried to start a festival perhaps someone uh such as myself i could totally see comedians being like this guy doesn't even like do stand-up like who the fuck is this guy he's picking like this is unfair like you have to have i don't know and then there will always be some issue about the demographics of the dude, people that the got in. And some is a legend. They're still those people are still going to be like, "Duh, this dude. Why is he picking the process? That doesn't. Ugh, they'll still find a thing. 
uh-huh. to like tear down the guy who is the alleged gatekeeper or the who seems like a gatekeeper or whatever that means. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There's always someone like running the demographics of like who got in and coming up with some conspiracy about like this person it must be prejudiced either against like um, they don't want straight white males, they only want straight white males, or like they're doing something like one way or the other, like intentional or like bigoted or messed up. I just think running a festival is a difficult thing, and the people that do it deserve our yeah, praise. Yeah, wow. Deserve um, our praise for sure. Okay, sorry, I went on a kind of little rant, little yeah, coffee right. rant. Um, little coffee rant. So, can you uh, talk about your experience at the Laughing Skull? My experience at the Laughing Skull? How that was. What do you want to know? What What was that like? Like, what? how was the festival set up? So, I got there, I flew in. And I went to a show. They have they have shows booked for all the performers every night. And when I did it, it was a contest. It's not a contest anymore, I don't think. But when I did, it was a contest. So each night is a round of the contest. Some comedians advance. Some comedians, their dreams die. Mm. No, their dreams don't die, but they don't advance in this one contest. Yeah. Uh, and I was lucky enough to advance all the nights. And then I met a lot of people that did some very nice things for me that next year. Although after Laughing Skull, nothing happened for like eight months. And I was like, ah, I guess that's a, it's good to know that I can hold my own out there, but ah, bummer, nothing happened. And then uh, there was something in the works all along that I didn't know about. So that would be, I don't know, I guess... If you ever think that nothing's going on for you, maybe something is, and you just don't know it. Wow. Hmm? Well, so but that doesn't make it any easier. Uh, <laughs> like, just sitting there thinking that nothing's going on doesn't make it any less depressing. You have to believe. You have to believe. You have to believe that if you, as long as you're just doing it and working to where your soul is satisfied, I think you're going to be okay. And also, I don't know shit at all. And I never like giving any advice on anything. Just relaying my experiences. That's really interesting. Um, how, how did the, uh, the Laughing Skull change since? It's more of a uh, just showcase kind of I think thing? it's pretty much the same. I just don't think it's a contest anymore. Okay. So I think, uh, I don't know. I haven't been since I did it. When did you do it? How long um, ago? Two years ago. So you're 22. I was 22 or 23 at the time, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. It was good, man. And then you got into the big sky after got that. Got into the big sky. Those dudes were laughing skull and were kind enough to let me come to the big sky, which was also a contest. So they the same people run it? Um, no. The big sky people were industry at laughing skull. Oh, wow. So they weren't running it. They were just uh, part of the people there to see the young crop of comics. So there's this vague notion of opportunities people get from these festivals. Like what? is that they could be anything i guess just like you can get a manager or an agent or you can get on a show yeah i guess anything can happen it's just a room full of people who can make things happen in this business and you get to showcase in front of them so you know all the all the late night people are there there's managers there there's agents there who knows what could happen for me it was the the late night thing happened for me there that was the root of the tree that eventually grew into me. 
uh, meeting Sean wow. Penn at Conan. That's so cool. Show. Yeah. It was tight. And how? It's tight, man. It's sick. It's fucking so sick. When did you, you got on, uh, you were on Conan this year, right? Yeah, in March. So almost not this year. But, but still this year. Did it record this year or last year? This year. It was. Uh, it came out the same night that I recorded it. Oh, it's it's the same night, yeah. these things? Yeah, I recorded like 3 in the afternoon and then and then it comes out at like 11. Wow. I think sometimes. How is that? And you met Conan and all of them. Yeah, it's the best. It was the one experience in my life that was as good as I imagined it being because that wow. never happens. You know, you always imagine things and then they're always a little less cool. But that was probably cooler than I thought it would be. Really? It's just magical, man. And I'm cheesy like that. I know there's a lot of like people like, ah, late nights aren't what they used to be, which is totally true. But I, for me, I was always, I always wanted that growing up. I always saw the comedians on there and was like, that will be big for me if I ever can do that. Wow. That's awesome. I liked it. I like being corny and cheesy. I thought it was cool. Nice man, that is, yeah. that is that is a magical thing to get on Conan. Congrats! Thanks, Thanks man. Where can people find that? That's on the YouTube. Yeah, and... I fucking people know where to find it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just look up Conan somewhere. and like Mike Longfellow. <laughs> It'll come up. Teamcoco.com, but probably just go to YouTube. I know. Yeah. yeah Weirdos. What, what am I doing? The coffee. It got to me. <laughs> You're doing so. So interview style, like we don't know each other. I know. You, know, you can be easy with me, Austin. We know each other. Hello. Hey. Do, I don't know. How do people be chill during interviews? Dude, I feel like I'm I don't know. I feel serious. like the first thirty minutes of this podcast, I wasn't chill either. I was like, oh, yeah, coffee. Like two, coffee two takes a minute to kick coffee. in. I think that's what it is. Yeah, my coffee's kicking in now. I'm like jittery I'm comfy. Now. I'm cozy. Oh really? That's how yours kicks in. I have a high tolerance though. I oh, need to mine's like I'm coffee. jittery. I'm insane. I'm, I'm not like, well. <laughs> You're like I'm comfy. I'm cozy. <laughs> I'm gonna have three more cups after this before I get to like my ready level for Whoa. the rest of the day. No, I can't do that. Um, did you, how do you prep for your Conan set? Um, I just did the set a bunch around town. Wow. Whatever could. The yeah. tightest five, as a five? Right? Tightest five, yeah. The well, tightest type five. five in the world. Yeah, I just did it until it was, I knew Tight, like the back of my clean, and ready to go. That's right. How did you choose which jokes out of all your jokes to do? They kind of choose for you. I did a, really? yeah, I went and did some showcases this uh, I was a TBS comic to watch. Hey, oh yeah, that's right. That is a non-humble brag. I was a TBS comic to watch. That's good. A boast. And from that, we went and everyone who was that did showcases for the Conan guy. And from that, since he saw me live, it was easier because he was like, "I like this joke. I like that joke." Who said it? Um, the, it wasn't Conan the himself. No, it wasn't oh, Conan the great himself. Conan himself. The man who books it, the wonderful man who books the show. Okay, his delegate, his associate. Yes. And, uh, Amazing. Yeah, it was good. They, I did hot tub, got the video, sent it to him. He was like, this is great. Got wow. me a date. Wow. And the rest, well, we know what happens. That's amazing. What's next, Longfellow? What is next? What is, I don't know, man. Can you tell me? I guess no one knows. I'm just going to keep doing the thing. I'm just going to keep trying to be as good of a comedian as I can until stuff happens. It's kind of worked so far. Maybe it'll kind of work in the future. That's awesome. Um, What kind of advice do you have for people in L.A. intimidated by the enormity of the scene? I have no advice for you other than 
just go just do it you know what you have to do so just go do it yeah i know so you You just hit did you did you have a i always ask this like how did you um just tackle the open mics did you like how did you know which ones you wanted to go to first uh through a dart just the comedy bureau yeah, but the and then out of those, which ones do you put any of them? Yeah, I would have, you know, the, the first few weeks, I think I just went to all of them and then figured out which ones I liked, which ones felt productive, which ones felt not productive. And I uh, am... There's know, so many. There's so many that... That's what we do next year, tackle them all. Yeah. Uh, there's no, I don't know, there's no good way to go about open mics other than just... Just do them and figure them out, which yeah. ones are good. Just go do them. Do try to do a few a night if you can. Shoot for that. If you shoot to do a few a night, then you'll end up doing more than if you're shooting for like, ah, I'll get out four times this week. Yeah. If you if you're like, I'll get out every night this week. Maybe you won't, but you'll get out five nights of the week instead of four or six That's nights. That's so true. Of three. You gotta shoot for the stars. Yeah, shoot for the stars and land somewhere in the ozone layer. Yeah. Which that's is the LA say. comedy scene? It is an ozone layer. It is an ozone layer. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I like to. I'm ending with this new thing where I ask you about your joke writing process. I don't even Ooh. know if this will end it, but how do you um how do you write jokes? What's your uh, process? Mm, I stand in lines, and something will happen that inspires a thought, and then I'll go on a stage and I'll see if there's anything there and if there is then I'll sit down and try and write it out do you the same day do the bit that inspires you usually if it's an open rather mic, than yeah. wait like and put in your notes and then maybe get to it no I'm usually pretty if it's if I think it's good I'm usually pretty excited to try it out and there's lots of times where I think it's something's gonna be great and then I am way off you know so that's that happens too yeah but, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's what I do. Amazing. Dude, <laughs> you say amazing, amazing. after everything I say, I mean, but it's, it's so perfect. not amazing. It's, uh, magnificent. It's very nice. I'm expanding my vocabulary. I feel very, yeah, I feel very fabulous. cool. Fabulous. No, I don't know about fabulous. <laughs> Fantastic. Undeniable. Undeniable. You gotta be undeniable, kid. You gotta be undeniable, undeniable. kid. In this business, you gotta be undeniable. Deniable. I took a comedy class when I was 18, and that's what the teacher would say. Really? Yeah. Make yourself undeniable. That is such Then a... they can't deny you. That Whoa. was his thing. That's amazing. It's true. Undeniable. <laughs> undeniable. You can't deny it. Uh, what else? Um, well, I probably should uh, do some, uh, you know, well, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, do my some job, work. My job. My do your job. job. Austin doing has a it. job. It's, guys. it's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. This is my lunch break. So, um, any closing comments, advice, wisdom, oh. thoughts? Go to my website, longfellowmichael.com. If you want to see a show, they're all there. If you want to see a show, if you want to see a show, they're this all there. This guy's undeniable. Yeah. And then all the other social media stuff is just my name. And uh, love yourself and okay, be good beautiful. to yourself. Okay. And okay, where is he going? Be with nice this? to other okay, people. Okay, cool. And uh, do unto others as you want done to you. Yeah, try to touch a, an animal. 
mm-hmm. a, a couple times a week if you can. Okay, like pet a, a dog, pet. you know, Not squeeze like a, feral a cat. Beast. You know, if it seems like a cool feral beast, I guess. But use your best judgment. Don't be getting any. Use your best ends. judgment. Yeah, guys. Who knows? Just keep, just keep being all right. Keep. Uh, it's tough, but. Maybe it'll work out. <laughs> I feel like if I just didn't say anything, you'd just keep adding words to that sentence. I'll just myself into a hole and say something that I don't even mean. Yeah. Well, That's thanks, what I man. do usually. Thanks for the pod. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into Working Comic Podcast. There's a new episode every week where I interview writers, directors, comedians, producers, any kind of creative thing you can think of, and also the business side of things. So... Club owners, agents, managers, festival runners, all that stuff. So tune in every week and uh, also follow me on social media at the Austin NASA on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also catch me on YouTube with Chabros, C-H-A-A, bros, one word. Uh, we have some funny videos up, so check it out. Thanks, guys.